Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Well, Queen Elizabeth died this week, so um, I, had to, I had to devote a podcast to her life. Uh, I, I just, of course, she's been alive my entire life, and most people listening to this, uh, it would have to be your entire life that she's been alive. And no matter, uh, you know, whatever you think of her, especially Americans, I think there are so many cherished characteristics and practices that she did. I don't want her life um, to just be remembered in what we're seeing in the media, these grand pictures and her coming in at a young age. There really are life lessons for all of us in a life well-lived like she did with all the challenges. And yes, she was queen and had jewels and money. And I don't care. I, I've known enough people that have had those accoutrements, those um, things in life that have lived lives of quiet desperation. So I, I, I think we have to look past that. I hope we can today. And, and look at the real her and, and the life lessons that she can give to each and every one of us. Uh, I cried several times this week watching the pictures, looking at her. I'm uh, on an aging side of my life and watching her go through being a, a very young woman, a child, 25 years old. She becomes the queen, then has children, and just the many, many, many phases of her life. It's, it's just um, not only mind-boggling, but awing. And we will never, ever experience anything like that on this planet again, ever. It, it's pretty much impossible. So um, what I did was I spent yesterday going through a lot of articles about her, a lot of, you can imagine, the things that have been written through 90-some uh, years of life. So what I did, I gleaned out a couple things that people had said that I thought were really poignant and, and uh, just enlightening. So that's what I'd love to do is take a few minutes today to share what I believe the lessons are that, that you and I, Queen Elizabeth's life's lessons to us to live by. Uh, so that as she leaves this planet, and um, I don't know if her memory can fade, that we can remember things about her. There, there's a good biography, it's called, it's by uh, Kozlowski. And then he was interviewed by Good Housekeeping uh, magazine just a, a year or so ago. And he said, Queen Elizabeth's rules for life need to be recorded while we're still lucky enough to have her as a living example. So that is why he wrote this biography. He said she's truly a time capsule of a rapidly disappearing generation and that approached life very, very differently than we do today in a time of technology and, you know, online everything, the, the chaos and the, and the fast way that we live, oftentimes with much more good sense and wisdom and great strategies that deserve to be remembered and listen to this word, re-embraced by all of us today. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, and whether you want to be an artist, whether you want to be a politician, whether you want to be a physician, these, these practices and ways to live life can be re-embraced by all of us. Living more like Queen Elizabeth doesn't require a crown jewel sort of investment. It doesn't require gowns and all of that. Much of her success is rooted in her inner, not her outer choices, mental habits and unique ways of thinking about food, exercise, work, rest, 
they make her down to earth. They make her a down to earth woman to each of us, which in turn makes her lifestyle secrets is very simple and very easy. So let's take a look from uh, Kozlowski from his viewpoint and, and his authorship of, of some of the things he gleaned out of exploring her life. Okay, so this is from his vantage point. Number one, never stop learning, keeping, keeping your brain alive. It's called lifelong learning. We talk about it now, and you can take master's classes and all of these things. Please, whatever you do, whatever age you are, if you're an accountant, um, please read, study other things like quantum physics, gardening. I don't care what it is. If you're a physician, if you work at Walmart, I don't care what you do for a living. Please have a goal of lifelong learning. There is so much excitement and fun out there. And most of you that have listened to my podcast, you know I'm obsessed with studying inspirational people in history, and they've transformed my life. Um, learn something about something you don't know, whether it's, again, making furniture, gardening, cooking. It's fun, and make it fun. Don't make it a doldrum. Like, wow, I saw that on HGTV. That's pretty fascinating. Or I saw that on the History Channel. That's what she did. Each day she receives a large red box full of paperwork. Boring things, parliamentary reports, intelligence documents, other papers. But, and she spends three hours each day going through those. But, and, and so she never stops learning because she has to, but also in her everyday life she never stopped learning. Keeping your brain active through work and educational projects at every stage of your life, according to the American Geriatric Society, if we, remember, they say this, if you don't use it, you lose it. Remember that statement? It's true. But all of us, as we age, we must grow our neurons in our brain, especially with the growing of dementia and Alzheimer's and different kinds of diseases. Please, lifelong learning. Next, ignore most productivity advice out there. We're bombarded. The patients, clients, the articles I read, the ones I write, we are bombarded with productivity advice on how to multitask, balancing work and home. It can be just overwhelming. But the queen, in her role, demands that she wears many hats, many, many, many. But she was well known for one hat at a time because it really gave her full concentration to one thing at a time. Researchers at Stanford University have shown that multitasking does not work. We need to complete one task at a time. Our brain was not meant to multitask. So if you want to be the most efficient, the most effective, the most creative, one task at a time. Give yourself so many hours to do that task, maybe two to three hours, one hour, whatever it is, then go to the next task. Do not try to do more than one. Next, establish a strong sense of purpose. The value of meaningful work and a sense of purpose was instilled in her, of course, from a young age. I mean, you know, from the time that she was very small. And plus, I don't know if you know this, she did not know that she was going to be queen until her uncle abdicated the throne. And she was thrown into this all at once. Can you imagine being that young and then all of a sudden knowing your, the trajectory of your life was changed forever? So next, get started. Okay? Service. Serve others. Living with a strong sense of, of service and purpose means offering help to others in small ways. Uh, in the Journal of uh, Social Psychology, they found that the more random acts of kindness you perform, the happier you are. Research shows volunteerism 
is linked to better physical activity, overall mental and physical health, decreased depression. Uh, also, listen to this. Even when you volunteer and have a greater sense of purpose, you have a greater household income and net worth. Isn't that interesting? Next, leave plenty of time to play. Please! I don't care if you have to set your clock. I don't care what you have to do. You have to play every day. You don't wait till the work's done until you play. You schedule it every day. Having fun is just as important as work or more important. Hang out with your dogs. Go to the horse stables. Um, walk around the block. Whatever you do, make sure that you find time in your busy schedule to play. Having hobby, hobbies is something as simple as gardening, you know, baking some cookies, going and seeing a neighbor. And having a purpose in life leads to longevity and life expectancy as we age. The American Journal of Epidemiology also says uh, playing increases the, the uh, health of our life and reduces the risk of dementia tremendously. And let's not forget rituals. We don't even use that word much anymore. Keep consistencies in your life, okay? Even the ritual of meal eating. Um, somebody asked me the other day when they saw us at a restaurant bowing our heads before we even ate. It's not because we're super religious. It's not because we're religious at all. It means that we stop in our home. We have a practice of three meals a day. We stop, take a deep breath, and be grateful for the farmers, the people that transported in trucks, um, the people that cooked it in the, in the kitchen, and just reverence and that pausing and giving gratitude and peace before we eat our meals. That's three times a day. And then we have a snack. Whatever we do, we stop, take a deep breath. It's part of our ritual. And, she, and the queen talks about this. You know, she has a pre-breakfast bath every morning. She wakes up with a, a cup of Earl Grey tea. Um, she goes, uh, pours over newspapers. She has uh, several newspapers that she read every single morning. And afternoon, she made sure that she had her tea time with her tea and her little jam and cookies. She teaches us ritual. It's, it's, it's rhythm. That's all ritual is. It's a rhythm to your life and being very mindful and aware, okay, I am taking this time for myself to recharge. Sometimes I just um, sit on my chair in the back for five or ten minutes and watch the birds at the bird feeder, and tears will stream down my face because I'm just in such awe. It's a ritual. Sometimes I'll sit in the front and just look at my gorgeous flowers and watch the butterflies just come by or the bees and just sit there in awe. These are rituals. Next, enjoy your treats unapologetically. Uh, I tell people that, please. I have china that some is expensive, some not. I buy little salad plates that I could have a cupcake on or I can have my chocolate on or I can have a biscuit or a small sandwich in the middle of the day with a cup of I drink iced tea as, a, as uh, I prefer it to hot tea with some lime in it. So enjoy that, cherish that, shortbread, scones, whatever. That's what she ate every single day. She took her time out for tea time or a break. Depriving yourself of any treats or sweets can backfire on you. It actually causes anxiety and can cause you to overeat these wonderful delicacies, um, you know, when you eat them. So enjoy something every single day. Enjoy something. I love an oatmeal cookie. Uh, whatever that is for you. Some days it's a great piece of chocolate that I cherish. Just eat it very, very, very slowly. 
Next, move as much as you can. Remember, we've got to exercise. We've got to keep these brains going and our bodies going. Uh, the queen sticks to activities such as regular walks, brisk walks, horseback riding. She walks with her dogs every day. Keeping active physically and mentally is going to help you in your day-to-day -day activities. Next, don't worry too much about being liked. With social media, likes, dislikes, Facebook, every single thing that we do, honestly, uh, uh, before we send a tweet, how's this going to go over? Are people going to like us? You, you, we just have to be careful. Wanting to please others and fit in to, I mean, we know pleasing others is a natural trait, but research shows when people are constantly concerned and worried about being judged, it's, it makes us crazy. It really does. It makes us hypervigilant. It makes us never be ourselves. And um, we don't get to express our basic beliefs and values and our self-worth when we continually fear what other people think about us. Please, I mean, be kind when you go out into the world and you are yourself and express your opinion and be respectful, but be yourself. You are the best version of yourself. You are who you be and what you were created to be in this world. We need you. The world and the universe needs you to be you, not to be liked. Okay? And, and another one next is we talked about take a break. You've earned it. We just talked about that. And don't let, let life's drama get you down. I mean, can you imagine the royal scandal she's been through in her life? We know some of them. Queen Elizabeth, lately with her son and this Jeffrey Epstein scandal. And heaven knows the scandals that we haven't heard about in the public that, that have been going on in the royal family. But... She's reliable, she's unflappable, and, and she stays very, very centered. Whatever's going on on the inside, she shows little emotion on the outside, stays grounded, and again, we have to be careful. You don't get on social media, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything else and go, oh my God, this is what happened today. Be measured. Take a deep breath. You may want to wait 24 hours before you respond to something. I found myself the other day, I was in the middle of some family drama, I wrote eight texts, and each one, as I reread them, that's my practice, 10 minutes later, I erased it. Then I wrote another one. Then I read it again, and I erased it. So my husband called me at the end of the day, and he said, well, what did you finally say to him? And I went, uh, well, I had eight different texts. Each one I wrote. 10 minutes later, I read it, and, and later in the day, and I erased it. He said, what was the final version? I didn't send anything. I didn't respond. He belly laughed. He said, you've really grown a lot, Kathleen. You've, and I have. And um, even preparing this today has brought me so much wisdom in sharing it with you. But resilience is where you can manage and adapt to your sources of stress. You know what they are. You know what your adversity is. You know what your triggers are. So know that ahead of time. I happen to know that this person in my life could trigger me very much. Certain issues trigger me. I know it when... It's things like uh, women in contraception or all kinds of uh, issues that can, uh, education, all, all kinds of different things that can trigger me in two seconds. I know, okay, you're going to want to respond to this right away. You need to be cool. And again, if you're going to write a tweet or if you're going to do a post, make sure you wait 10 minutes or, and if you're really hot, wait 30. So be measured. And next, which is, I think, the most important thing, is be kind to everybody. Kindness, kindness. Can we ever be too kind? Kindness is contagious, after all. You know, and it changes physical and emotional health. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in the line at a grocery store in a bad mood or got a bad phone call and I'm at a pharmacy. Whatever happens, and exactly when that happens, somebody says, would you like to get in line in front of me? Or 
oh, I see you bought that. Da 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 da. And they're very kind to me. Or or do something really, really nice. I couldn't reach uh, a thing of cream in, uh, in Publix because I'm short. And all of a sudden, this beautiful, tall, willowy woman looks, comes up, adorable, looks at me and goes, can I get that for you? I happen to be very tall. It's, you know, I played round ball. I played basketball. But, and I thought of her all day. I thought of her kindness. I mean, see, just a little kindness. I love, love, and it's fun being kind, by the way. And we found that the, the uh, Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found when people are kind to others, their stress hormones drop. We actually put ports in people, put lines in them and test their blood. And also feelings of depression, loneliness, and happiness changes almost immediately. And kindness is linked with a better cardiovascular health and longer life. Please be kind. And and again, it's it's especially interesting when you notice somebody's really short. I noticed this in the UPS line yesterday. They had a package of really short, really nasty. There were two people, there were a person behind me. And I thought, you know what? I kind of want to smack this person or say something nasty. But you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to do a test. I'm going to ask them if they want to get in front of me because they seem like they're in a hurry. So I looked at him and said, hey, you seem like you're in a hurry. He gave me a dirty look and I said, why don't you get in front of me? Everything about him changed. He looked at me and went, what? I said, yeah, just get in front of me. I'm not in that big of a hurry. And he was just dumbfounded, got in front of me. You should have seen his energy change. Everything changed. Not only did he turn around and thank me, he was nicer to the people around him when he got up to... I see, he, maybe he needed that. Think of it as a healing balm. Think of it as an elixir. You know, maybe, I don't know, like a little holy water. But be kind. It's so cool. Okay, next. Sally Percy. Okay, we're going to change gears. She wrote six leadership lessons from the queen. Okay, and so let me go over those six. If you're a leader, well, you are a leader. You're a leader of your family. You're a leader in your office. You're a leader in your neighborhood. You're a leader. And if you're alone, you're a leader to yourself, baby. Okay, so serve to lead. They said that, again, her whole motto was service, service, service is how you lead. And the queen was dedicated she has dedicated her life to serving others ever since she trained as a truck mechanic. Can you believe she was a truck mechanic in World War II? Pretty cool, huh? She's still working 30 years after her retirement age, okay? Meeting people. She encourages them. She loves them. She serves them, and they know that she's serving them. She's not over them. She's with them. The true source of power is not being over someone. It's moving with someone, okay? And again, here we go. Second in her list, this author's list, was live your purpose. Unlike most of us, uh, she didn't have to be on a mission. Her purpose was her life, being the queen. Uh, for a lot of others of us, it's a little tougher. We've got to find out what our purpose is. And like I said, once you find that out, and, and if you don't know what that is today, great. Most of us don't. My purpose has changed several times. I, you know, I had a different purpose when I was young and sick, single, and I said, you know, my purpose in life is to know the financial markets and help people make money and do da da. Well, that changed. It did. My purpose then was, you know, I've worked at Wall Street and other places and everything, and I've seen people committing suicide, drinking, and doing everything. Now my purpose is to teach people what stress can do to your life. It can ruin it. I mean, I saw people drink, commit suicide, go through marriage. Wow. So then my purpose shifted. It migrated. Okay? So don't think, oh, my purpose is this and I don't know. No. Open your heart. It can, it can, your purpose unfolds through your life, okay? The purpose of your life. We write this purpose stuff all the time, but, you know, if I had to name the 
purpose of, of everyone's life. It's, you know, of course, to love, be kind, to forgive, uh, to be a lighthouse to others always, you know. Be a lighthouse, be a light. When those ships, different people are trying to come to shore and they're going to hit heavy storms, they're going to hit breakers and horrible rocks and and, and be their light, be, be the world's light, whether it's a business, your home, your family, yourself, okay? So anyway, yeah, your purpose. Um, next is to be resilient through uncertainty. And I can tell you at my stage of life, resiliency, resiliency, that's what the name of the game is. Whether it's stress, whether it's marriages, relationships, whether it's children, business, uh, you've got to develop resilience. And she is the absolute epitome of resilience. Um, her remarkable Wayne, Queen Elizabeth II, she experienced war, peace, boom times, recessions, depressions, a global pandemic, family scandals, personal tragedies. Seriously, she's been served by 14 British prime ministers. Can you imagine 14 ugh, people that she had to deal with and, and the interesting things they had to decide? She lost her husband a couple of months before his 100th birthday. Can you imagine? They were together every, almost every day of their life. Um, she was back at work a couple of days after his death. Can you imagine? She said, my duty, I have to do my duty, even though everything in my life is shattered right now. And over the past 70 years, can you imagine? The queen has experienced extreme change and uncertainty and demonstrated how to lead with resilience. Remember, a lot of people don't want the uh, hierarchy and don't want the rain. They don't want their tax dollars paying for it. They don't want this and that. I mean, she's been through an interesting, but she's always pushed through challenges, always. Resilience, resilience, each of us. And again, somebody like me, you know, the loss of, um, oh God, the losses, uh, whether it's been money, daughter, uh, relationships, uh, family, all kinds of tremendous at my stage. You can't live a happy, productive, um, amazing life, miracle life without resilience. Next, um, uh, this author, uh, collaborate. She's a big collaborator. Uh, it's not a one-woman job. She had a team. And this is what concerns me, and I think it's a challenge for us as we go to hybrid work now, and a lot of people are staying home and not going back to the office. Part of that is collaboration. It teaches us everything about ourselves. When you don't like somebody in the office, when somebody's, you know, you don't like the way they dress, energy, what's on their desk, whatever. It makes us, in projects, collaboration is truly, truly um, divine work. It's not doing your own thing. I know we glorify all of these people, maybe Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, these icons that we see. No, they, it, it, it's like Madonna and her band or Beyonce or whatever. None of us would be anything without collaboration. None of us could be. So I think, you know, we need to learn that collaboration is one of the biggest lessons that she can teach us and we can teach ourselves. And I love this. She, uh, this is number five. She was our own authentic brand. She generally regarded the world as, um, you know, as she was going to be herself, her authentic brand. And she was known for being smart and distinctive dress. Remember, I'm trying to find a book on Queen Elizabeth with all the magnificent colors and hats she wore. I want, I, it couldn't be one volume, it would have to be volumes. I want every one of them, whether it was chartreuse green, soft pink, navy blue, light blue, I, I don't know, every color in the whole rainbow she wore 
and everything matched, and I was always just in awe of her fearless, fearless draft dress. That's her authentic brand. I, I, I just adore it. She never dressed like a, quote, old woman. She never dressed like anything but herself. She was an authentic leader. I loved how she dressed, how she looked at the camera, what she did. I mean, seriously. Um, remember, placing how you place people, the planet, and your purpose is at the core of who you are, what you do, okay? Your internal and external worlds need to be in harmony, okay? When they are, when they mirror each other, when they are one, synchronicity, you step into your own full potential. And last but not least for this author is, is always value your mental well-being, okay? Like, as you well know, she was renowned for her stoicism. When you looked at her, she wasn't coming apart. She wasn't screaming, laughing. But that was who she was. And she balanced everything. If she wasn't balanced, they said, she'd go for a walk with her dogs. She'd jump on a horse. She'd get her boots on and go garden. She, so she knew when she was mentally off. Or they said that she would go ahead and um, get her raspberry jam sandwiches with her um, tea. Okay, so she knew what to do. I do. When I'm off, I know that I need to watch the birds. I know I need to go for a walk. These are really, really, really important things to remember. Okay, that know when you're off and know what to do. Okay, don't go to a bar and drink. Don't sit there and do things that aren't going to take you to a deeper level inside and outside. Find nourishing, beautiful things that will do your mind, body, and soul. Okay? And um, another uh, uh, author, here's Kozlowski, the famous author who wrote the book on her. He said to AARP, some, a few things that she did in life lessons was uh, recharge your willpower. Okay? Um, you have a strong will. And also, when you feel your focus and your drive and your willpower is wavering, you need to sit down, get a piece of paper and a pen, go outside, or go into your meditation room or on your bed, wherever home is for you, on a porch, and say, why do I feel fractured? Why does my willpower? Was it a person? Was it a project I was doing? Is it this new job? Is it somebody I'm working with? What is it? What is it? What is breaking your willpower and recharge it? Make a commitment. Okay, I feel, uh-huh, uh-huh, now I got it. Now it's time for me to recharge my willpower, okay? Um, and next was, uh, second was stick to a schedule, be organized and disciplined. I've done many, many TV and uh, television and radio shows and online shows and you name it, articles, and they've said, you know, Dr. Hall, if you had to name one thing that led to success, I'd say, oh, definitely being disciplined. And organized, absolutely disciplined. So please be disciplined about what you do. Stick to a schedule. And it's especially important if you're working from home, okay, or if you're a highly creative person, because we have a, I'm including myself, have a harder time staying disciplined and organized. Um, and I love this one. Uh, Self-talk. Uh, sh she said this once. I find that I can often put things out of my mind when they're disagreeable. Isn't that cute? Anything she thinks that plagues her, that starts being disagreeable. And then another thing she said was the trouble with gloom and having negative thoughts is that they feed upon themselves. 
okay? So what I wrote down beside that was I put, hey, pick out the weeds of your mind. I want you to think of anything negative, self-sabotaging. I don't think I can, I will, I don't, I need meeting the right person. It, those are weeds in the glorious garden of your mind and soul. So think of them as weeds, okay? And again, I don't have anything against weeds, my darling weeds. I love you, and I know there's a divine purpose for you. I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's keeping the soil. I, I don't know. But pick the weeds out of your mind, okay? So think of them as that, or think of them whatever image you want. Go, oh, that's slowing my energy vibration. I need to take them out. Or maybe if you're a musician, you might think of it as a bad note, like a flat or a sharper. <laughs> However your image is of your thoughts, Think of it like that and go, okay, I'm not going to play that song or whatever it is. And again, never stop playing. She was one of the most playful people. Please keep playing, okay? Um, and keep the faith. Keep your, What is your faith? I've been asking myself this a lot lately because I'm not necessarily a very religious person. I'm a very spiritual person. I actually taught world religions, so I had fun doing it. But, you know, I'm kind of very Buddhist and very... Um, Christian and very Hindu and I don't know I'm many faiths of that but mostly spiritual so but what's your faith uh, somebody like her Queen Elizabeth attended church every Sunday she prays you know every night she had iconic resilience in her faith what's your faith is it nature is it kindness is it what is your faith hmm find that out because you're going to need it through your whole life keep your faith and don't forget duty and sacrifice. She knew about duty and sacrifice. I also was raised very Roman Catholic when I was a child. And um, we were raised with the nobility of duty and sacrifice from an Irish Catholic family. I think we've lost a lot of that. Duty and sacrifice to your family, to yourself, to country. Um, those, those sometimes have become disparaging words. Duty and sacrifice are actually sacred. So that's something to kind of peruse and think about in your mind. And of course, always be opening to, open to change. So um, finally, uh, as any of you who know me know, I talk about self-care practices. And, and that's an acronym that I use, and I wrote a book about it, S-E-L-F. S is for serenity, that in your life you need to find a root of serenity. I call it the four roots of happiness and peace, S-E-L-F care. So S is for serenity, peace, calm. Is that in meditation, listening to music, whatever that is. E is exercise. We have to move our bodies, whatever, walking, riding horses, walking your dogs, doing some yoga stretches. L is love. God, we, as humans, it's, that's the thing we need most is love. We need love. We need a tribe. We need a community. We need love. And last is food. Food is sacred. Food is holy. Not diet. Food. Food is in scripture. It's for celebrations. Food. So serenity, exercise, love, and food, self-care. So um, uh, on my final ring of this talking about um, our dear, beloved Queen Elizabeth, uh, I just wanted to quickly run over her self-care practices, which were some of hers, which were eating breakfast. She ate at 8.30 sharp. She ate a healthy breakfast, and we know, research shows, uh, a healthy breakfast leads to a longer life. And breakfast eaters have a lower risk of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, everything. It regulates our metabolism. So Queen Elizabeth was adamant about breakfast. So her pick was um, either tea and biscuits. I think this is pretty funny. 
Another one was Special K cereal. Don't you think that's funny? The United States Special K. She also loved something called, and I'm going to find this out what this is, N-O-N-N-I-S, Noni's Pistachio and Almond Thin Cookies. Now you know I've got to find out what those are. Um, having a pet. We talked about her corgis and her dogs. Of course, I can't live without dogs. I can live out without many things. I think right there with oxygen and water, uh, I can't live without animals. So, but also research has found that owning pets can boost your health by lowering blood pressure, reducing stress, lowering health care costs, less frequency to doctors, it fights depression, obesity, cancer. Okay, okay. Why do you not have a dog or a cat? There's no reason, okay? Have somebody uh, crate train them. Have somebody walk them for you in the afternoon and, and, and change. Say, I'll walk your dog today if you walk my dog tomorrow. Whatever it is. Let them out to go to the bathroom. Horseback riding, of course, We've been in horses most of my life, so I'm a horse addict, horse person. I'm looking for a new place to uh, find a horse to ride at least once a week because that's something when we moved back to the city I'd let go, and, and I think it's part of why I've had some medical challenges. I have to get back on a horse for me. And if you haven't ridden a horse, my God, you got to get on one, okay? On your vacation, find a stable near you, please. If I was the richest person in the world, I'd pay for uh, one person or every person around the world to at least get on a horse one time in their life. It's life-changing. And again, she, this uh, remember her rituals, tea time rituals. I love it. By the way, I do have china and I have teapots with uh, china uh, cups and saucers. And so I do mine on a tray absolutely every day. And I sit there with my dogs because I don't... There's. Something about that, that if we don't continue some of our traditions, they're going to be lost with the mayhem of the world we live in. And don't ever forget snacking. Uh, that's your treat time in small portions. You can do that also with your rituals. Laughing is huge. And again, this is humor is a powerful medicine for your brain and body, boosting your mood, lowering stress hormones. I mean, you live longer when you laugh, okay? Think of it as going to the gym for your lungs and your heart and your brain is what laughing is. So every time you laugh, you're going to the gym for your brain, your heart, and your lungs, okay? Circulatory system. Keep laughing. And love. We talked about love and relationships, uh, close family ties, getting out into nature. Uh, please, you have to get out, outdoors. We call it forest bathing now. And simply being outdoors in nature lowers stress hormones, lowers your heart rate, blood pressure, and you feel safe. There's something strange about nature that we feel safe in nature. And again, we call it forest bathing now. And even keeping plants indoors. Keep some flowers. And if you can't afford it, keep at least a flower or two or a plant in your kitchen or around your office. And we talked about purposeful work. So what I'd like to, and I'm going to close with saying, embrace getting older. Okay? Embrace aging and being an elder. After nearly 70 years on the throne, Queen Elizabeth embraced herself at every age. I want you to look at the pictures of her smiling through her life. She never was one to give in to vanity. And she did not care about wrinkles or changes in her health. I mean, the author of her biography said, Aging naturally has ensured that her iconic injury, excuse me, image, has become a record. It's a living archive of accumulated experience and vast wisdom. It's not an artificial rewind of lessons hard won. Isn't that beautifully put by uh, Kozlowski? I love that. It Aging naturally ensured her iconic image has a record. 
It's become a living record, a living archive of accumulated experience and vast wisdom. Okay, that's you. It's not just Queen Elizabeth. Every wrinkle, every scar is a recorded image of your life. You know, my cesarean section score, uh, uh, scars, the stretch marks uh, all over my breast from breastfeeding. I mean, I don't want to be too graphic, but, um, you know, uh, every single thing on your body, please, every wrinkle, before you have it pulled off, you deserve it, okay? Aging well, okay? You can become, you can grow lighter and be more full of life as you age, Okay, shifts in health are a natural, realistic part of aging, but that shouldn't stop you from maximizing your quality of life of every single stage. Okay, you deserve this. Uh, You know, age uh, happily. I don't even like unsuccessfully and in successful aging. That's absurd. Age as you are. This is the divine plan for your life, whatever it is. So, in closing, thank you for sharing what I investigated, looked in all these different authors and people, and myself, as you well know. See, I added my own two cents. Because um, no matter what, when I would see her in those clothes, whether it was the loss of of a daughter, whether it was a crisis I was going through in my marriage, whether it was losing economic challenges, I can't even tell you, tremendous self challenges when I had my brain injury, whatever. When I would see her in these bright colors, purple, everything, I just went, oh my God, oh my God. She gets up every day. So, you know, resilience, resilience. So, and also, it's not just about her, okay? Again, this is about her life lessons for us. What are you wearing? What are you, how kind are you being? Are you wearing like a little necklace, a bracelet, earrings, a a cute shirt, something that's bringing light into somebody else's life. I don't know. What is it? What, What life lessons, what life lessons today from her has she brought to you? So Queen Elizabeth's life lessons to each of us to live by. And as I close, please remember, go to mindfullivingnetwork.com. See what we're doing. I love you all. We have a great newsletter. If you want to contact me, please go to the contact, click it and write me a note. And remember, our commitment, just as the tagline that we have since the beginning, is to entertain, educate, and enlighten our world. It's our world. Let's hold our hearts and hands and heal ourselves and our world together. Please share us with your family and friends and community. Let's do this together. Okay? And again, or you can go, to, if, if you don't want to type in mindfullivingnetwork.com, you can put our O-U-R-M-L-N. We have a beautiful meditation room. I love it. I helped create it. It's called The Meditation Room. We have a Mindful Living Network app at all the app stores. And uh, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay? Thank you so much for the privilege of your time. This is the way I see it, and I am Dr. Kathleen Hall.